I'll give a shout out to my four-year-old and two-year-old for knock on wood, uh, sleeping through the night for almost all of the year. The year before, they were not good sleepers. They now are. And life is better when you can get over seven hours of sleep per night. I'm Jim Huffman, and this is If I Was Starting Today, a collection of conversations about half-baked startup ideas, growth tactics, and stories from founders, including my own journey as a business owner. All of the content is centered around one question. What would you do if you were starting today? All right. Today on the podcast, you know, we're approaching the end of the year. I'm bringing my business partner, Jonathan, on, and we're going to do a little bit of a recap of 2021. We'll call it a reflections. Talk about, you know, when we look at this year, what what worked, what didn't, what are some main takeaways? So, Jonathan, are you excited to reflect on the, the past year? Yeah, 2021 definitely went by super fast for me, but I'm very excited to do some reflection around it. So uh, we can even look forward to what we can take into 2022. Yeah. And I want to do a separate podcast where we actually get into our 2022 planning and we share what we're attempting to do. But I think this kind of will set the foundation for that. So I'm happy to kind of kick it off. This past year, from a business perspective, has been very different from the previous year. We've, we've kind of talked about it. We did a blog post about it. But in 2020, like a lot of businesses, we got rocked and we lost over half our business. It was insane. We were fortunate that we were able to write the ship and get it on track, but it was it was dicey in 2020. So with 2021, you and I had our head on a swivel. We're like, what is it going to be? And you know, we, we were super fortunate. It's been our best year to date. We were able to double our annual recurring revenue at you know, well into seven figures at over two million, and as we go into December, it's our best best month ever. So it's funny. I don't know if I'm just always paranoid, but I'm like waiting for the other shoe to drop when things are going well. But I, I probably shouldn't have that mentality. But you know, if you just look at our business from that perspective, you know, it, it's it's pretty good. So that's one where coming out of 2020, I feel pretty pretty good about that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can definitely just look at the start off with the with the numbers and the ARR, as you said, has doubled. But what I find even more exciting is the quality of new clients that we have, the new projects we're working on, and just the, the teams and the projects at a high level that we're participating in, I think are very, very exciting for me. So it's just not the number, it's the type of work that that is coming with that number. So it's not just quantity, but also qualitatively, I think we're definitely moving in the, in the right direction there. So very excited. Yeah. And for context, when we were early days in the agency, we would say yes to way too many things we probably shouldn't have just because we wanted to help. And a lot of times it was people that did not have the budget. So we're overworked, underpaid, not scalable. And it's funny as we scale up and get bigger clients that can you know, afford to get all of the services we offer, they're actually a little bit better to work with. So it's kind of funny how that works out. But what do you have? We'll kind of ping pong. We'll go back and forth. What What do you have to reflect on? Yeah, so I think I really wanted to hit on just the quality of the team that we have at Growth Hit now. Our team has grown dramatically over the past year. But what's really exciting about it, the team is these are all very self-driven, motivated individuals. We have people from Seattle all the way to South Korea 
So just the, the culture we've built around it. And somehow we've managed to also just, you know, spread that culture around to people that we are obviously not in close proximity to. So that's been super exciting for me. That's obviously improved the quality of our work, quality of life. It really touches everything. So people is by far, I think, the biggest, one of the most exciting things that has happened in 2021. Yeah. People is the hardest part of any business. And we, we've made some key hires. We have a, a creative director. We have a, a head of growth. We've got a, a head of research in South Korea. We now have a CRO manager that's in Canada. And one thing you and I have been intentional with is, man, we've got to get people that are wanting to go in the direction we're wanting to go. We're very much a remote, independent company. I mean, we never, like you and I, we went a year and a half without seeing each other. Yeah. And we do not care about hours worked. We care about getting results done. And we've tried to set it up where if you can work autonomous, like you can have a three-day vacation every single week if you can just get stuff done. And so it's created this different type of person that wants to travel, work wherever, just wants to get stuff done. And we're also looking for those kind of entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs that want to start their own thing. And I think being vocal about our startup studio has helped attract the right people because it's freaking hard to find the right people, especially most A players have a lot of options and they could go to places that have these things called, you know, stock options and like these big tech companies. And so we have to get really creative in creating a culture that can attract those A players. And again, we're not trying to hire hundreds of people. It's it's single digits, but we've been lucky as we've gone to 17 people to, to get the right people. But shoot, man, how do we get the next 10 is kind of the question. But Figuring out that muscle of hiring has been a big one this year because it used to be you and I would just send out an SOS on like social channels and hope that people would just fall in our lap. But we've had to get more formal in hiring. Yeah. And it's also just to add to that, there's some people who are not a fit um, with our culture have also left during the past year. So that has also like essentially concluded their their journey with growth hit. And that has also, you know, just brought some you know, just some changes that had to be made related to that. Some teams had to be restructured. Yeah, those are painful. One thing that's nice, though, is like, as you're transparent and are vocal or showing your culture, those things actually kind of start to self-correct if yeah. you can build the right system. And so that's something we're really trying to do is figure out that process. But yeah, people's been a big one. This past year, we also we launched a podcast, which... This is something we've been wanting to do. Shoot, I've been wanting to do this for like five years. And I was just like dragging my feet. It's like, oh, I don't have time. How much is it going to cost? I don't have the right name. Like you name the excuse and I had it. And like you and I are such like voracious listeners of podcasts. We love it. And we, we also like sharing what we're doing. And we like that as a medium. And so I'm glad we just were like, let's just do this. And if you go back and look at the first few episodes, I can't even listen to them. They are so painful, but you just have to start. And I think it's getting a little bit better each time. At least I hope so. And it's funny because people are like, oh, you know, what are you doing to grow the podcast? You know, what are your goals for downloads? And I'm like, I, I actually don't have any. I just want to make good content before I even think about trying to grow. We've accidentally hit a few home runs with episodes and with content and it, it's slowly growing. But for me, I honestly, man, this is like a form of therapy. I, I just enjoy, this is like the highlight of my week is, is being able to record the podcast. I, I don't know what your take is on it. 
Yeah, I'm actually glad that the content angle we've gone is uh, gone into has been more around being transparent and sharing what's really happening at Growth Hit, some of our goals, being very public about that. It takes a lot of courage, and I feel like people or listeners respond well to courage as well, putting ourselves on the line. It's also been indirectly a way to keep ourselves accountable. Now that we've talked about these goals, we're, we're in trouble if we don't meet them. So I think I feel like that's been a huge added benefit. And just introducing ourselves and keeping ourselves top of mind to people we're going to work with or people we work with currently, actually. So that's been, I think, a few of the unforeseen upsides of running a podcast. Yeah, or maybe just our moms will listen to it. But regardless, we're top of mind with them. So that's always helpful. Yeah. <laughs> and that leads to the next thing is like you and I, we've been sitting in our virtual offices for a while wanting to launch this idea of a startup studio. And we finally were like, let's do it and let, let's share it. And that's where, you know, we've kind of officially launched the startup studio. We're doing it with this challenge we're calling the $3 million challenge. And it's super intimidating to all of a sudden be like, hey, here's what our hopes and dreams and goals are. Here's what we're trying to do. And then here's a monthly update on it. We're, I think, two, three months in. And I will say it's the content that gets the most engagement out of everything. And that has been really energizing to see that. And it's about to get even more real. Like, in addition to launching the challenge in the startup studio, we have an, a new startup, a new brand that the website is live today. We are actually about to do like a podcast where we record what we're doing with it. But it's it's super exciting that this stuff is happening, but it's also terrifying because it it kind of sucks to fail and mess up in public and be and be like, hey, here's what we're thinking. And then we'll we'll see how it pans out. But that for me has been a, another fun win this year is really changing what is our even content strategy by just working in public. Yeah, 100%. One one of the other more exciting big wins, I would say, from a business perspective has been having stronger systems. That's been one of the most exciting parts because I'm obviously a systems freak. Process and systems is something that I always think about. I hate doing repeat work. And I had a few acid tests, essentially, of like how good our systems are when I had personal emergencies. I had to step away from um, the business doing work. And the people we had, the systems, the process, I think, held up. I came back to something that was even better. And that gives me a lot of peace of mind, knowing that Jonathan is not always required to be there at all times, that there are some solid systems that uh, and people who are actually thinking that mindset as well. So that's been huge for us. Obviously, more recently, and maybe you'll come to this later on as well, Jim, we've started implementing the EOS system. So this is the entrepreneur operating system. And we've just really scratched the surface, but even within the first week or so, we've seen so much like change and wins, early wins that it's it's going to be only exciting going forward. So yeah, for sure that one. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's like quote, well, we talked about this in a previous podcast. Like if if you have a quote unquote business that only runs if you're running and doing work, you don't have a business, right? And so that's something we've taken to heart because you and I have not really been able to take vacations and really go anywhere without like having one eye on Slack or email. And so we've really decided we've got to build a machine that isn't dependent on any one person. And I, I recently, I'll, I'll kind of talk this as well. I joined this like entrepreneurship community called EO and I was talking to all these agency owners that are significantly that have companies bigger than ours. And I've been asking them, you know, how do you scale a people-based operation? What do you do? And literally 
every single agency owner was, oh, my life was crazy. It was insane. And then I invested in EOS, which stands for Entrepreneur Operating System, and it changed my life. And I'm like, okay, I have heard this enough. We should probably invest in this. And we are, shoot, what, like a, a month in? And man, I am energized by what it has done. It has really formalize what your process is across everything from your operations to finance to hiring to, and this is what I like the best about it is giving people ownership and accountability to run. Because if that doesn't happen, you as the business owner put all of that on your shoulders and that is exhausting. So this is something that even as we started doing it, man, I wish we would have done this a few years earlier, but it's not cheap. You know, we've hired an implementer that you do day long meetings with them. And that is, is not cheap. That can be as low as three grand to 10 grand per meeting. And so I, I do think it is worth the investment, but that's been a big highlight uh, for me as well this year. Yeah. Another one for me has definitely been our first attempt at vetting a company for acquisition. This we've been talking about going through the acquisition process, brainstorming, coming up with ideas, but we also wanted to include Companies that are already built and running had interesting value propositions and prospects. And we went through that process, sat down, interviewed the founder, did due diligence, thorough due diligence financially, and also in just the operations and the standing of, of the company and looking at competitors as well. So that was our first real rep at it. Uh, that was very energizing. And I think just doing that rep, even forgetting the outcome of that alone has been a huge win for us. So that was also one of the big highlights. Yeah. Even though it was a, not a failure, but we do not have a company we own from it, but it <laughs> was a really good learning process. Another thing for me, I there's this book. The book's okay. I recommend just reading the cliff notes of it, but it's um, what got you here won't get you there. And I think about that a lot because it's like what got the business to a certain level. I was at a different role than where we want to go, the skill sets I need to have to be the CEO that can run a bigger company. And that's something I've been trying to think through, like, okay, what should I stop doing? What should I continue to do? And what are the skills I need to acquire? And I have been guilty of being a helicopter CEO where like I'm on every meeting, I'm, I'm wanting to know what's happening with every client and that doesn't scale. And also when you have A plus team members, you're actually doing them a disservice. And so it's been kind of crazy just in the past like year, year and a half, you know, I've stepped like you and your team are part of a whole division that I'm not even involved on those calls. We've hired people recently that are significantly better than I am at their individual skills where they're much better on that, those calls. And so I've graduated hopefully from helicopter CEO to someone that cares more about the strategy of the business and is thinking about more strategic things about how we grow and build culture. And I have mixed feelings on it because a part of me is jealous that hey, I want to be the person running that ad me meeting and kind of like wowing the client with insights, but it's like, that's not my role anymore. You know, I need to focus on these other things. And so there's an ego component to that. that that's so funny that you kind of envy some people that are in those seats that you used to be good at. And now you have to go in these uncharted waters where wait, I have to be really good at culture. I have to be good at team building. And I'm like working with our interim CFO to like really look at capital allocation. And these are all things that I'm excited to do, but I don't have the reps. And so I don't know, I, I always want to have a growth mindset. So trying to approach, you know, these new opportunities the right way, but 
you kind of always need to be evolving with your skill set. And so this year has been a big one for me to, to evolve. So that's kind of a, a high and low at the same time. Yeah, there's actually a catchy one-liner in uh, EOS. It's elevate, I'm sorry, delegate and elevate. And I think we can both agree that our roles have really evolved over the past year. It's completely, my role, for example, is completely transformed. I barely do half of the things I used to do at the start of 2021. And now I do newer things that are very different. So uh, thankfully, we have a team to fall back on that we trust. And we've, as you've said, like doing things that are more higher level, working on the machine rather than in the business. So yeah, that's been uh, one of the big changes of 2021 for sure. Yeah. And I think the thing that could get dangerous is who's really going to hold us accountable on like, are we doing a good job? I mean, I think you and I'll Mm -hmm. shoot each other pretty straight, but I do think not to make this a whole EOS like promotion segment, but by having the scorecard method and quantifying things, I think that'll help hold us accountable. Yeah. But Jonathan, what about anything else on the business side as you look back at this past year that are the main takeaways, the, the highs or the lows? I think uh, if I would just summarize it very quickly, it really goes back down to people and the team we've built. Everything that we've just discussed is really possible because of that. So I don't know if it's because we're lucky or we've stumbled on a secret recipe of finding people, but it's it's been a game changer for us. It's really allowed us to grow, delegate. It's allowed us to test our feet in these like new area, either acquiring or launching our own businesses. So that's by far been, I think, the the central point of this entire year. It's just people, people, people. Yeah. And the thing I take away is like what I struggle with the most is focus because I look at some of the stuff we accomplish and it's because we're able to focus on like, hey, launch the podcast, make this higher, get the startup studio going. But then I look at like, we looked at acquiring two companies that, that didn't work out. I think that was time well spent and like other partnership initiatives that maybe didn't work out. And I just, I struggle with where to put my time, our time and energy to have the biggest impact. And so as we're looking at going forward in vision, I almost want to think through not even, it's important to have what are the goals for next year, but what are the things we should not be doing? We should almost have like a yeah. kill list of things we need to stop doing. But that's something that I, I think I'll be struggling with always. Yeah, there are definitely a few things that we're either not good at or shouldn't be doing in general. But you're totally right. I think that's going to be an evolving thing that I think we'll both have to look into for sure. So l- let's look on the personal side as far as like main things that you you take away. And I, I can even start like we work with so many startups and we've seen some really cool stories. I'm like, man, that'd be amazing to have a little skin in the game and to have some equity ownership in that. So like one of my goals this year was like, Hey, I want to do some angel investing. And so I've done some very light angel investing. I think a total of seven investments and I'll be honest, it's, it's interesting and fun. I like hearing about new things and talking to founders, but it's, it's not super fulfilling and rewarding in the sense that you're like, all right, I'm going to do this small check of an angel investment. Here you go. And all right, we'll find out in eight years if this was a good decision. It is not like trading stocks. There's no instant gratification. And so as we, I do that, it makes me, I, I mean, I'm still probably going to do it at a, at a light scale and I enjoy it, but I just almost would rather just invest in what we're doing in our own companies. As I look at ROI for investments in the stock market and angel investing and real estate, Darawise better in us and in growth hit, and it's much more fulfilling and rewarding. And it's it's funny, it's taken me going through these different hurdles and 
hoops to jump through to kind of come to that realization? Yeah, I think one of the big advantage of, advantages of investing in ourselves is uh, we can control our destiny. Our hands are on the steering wheel a little bit. So it's not just uh, a do it once and forget it until, as you said, you hear back in eight years if that was successful or not. So, uh, and we've actually already made strides in this direction. So it's not like you've done one or the other, but yeah, investing in ourselves is definitely the big one. And the big personal change or update in my life in 2021, and there's really one big one. It's just, I've been focusing a lot on lifestyle design. Um, I'm sure you all know Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week. Um, that was the first book I read that actually even introduced me to the idea that you could work on modifying your lifestyle, changing where you live, location-wise, that is, and you know, just tweaking the variables in your life to, to get the, the desired lifestyle. And I moved away from Seattle uh, for, the, I'd say, almost all of 2021, uh, focusing mostly on being close to family, but also in the right time zone. So a lot of the work that I do at Growth Hit, I'm more of, I like to work in the evenings and the late afternoons. And now I'm able to do that because in this time zone is where I have the overlap with uh, with the clients we work with. And that's been a huge win for me. Uh, that's allowed me to squeeze in hobbies that I've always wanted to explore, like uh, jujitsu and a few other things. So yeah, that's by the by far the, the biggest win of uh, 2021. Yeah, Yanthan and I live completely different lives. I wake up <laughs> and I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old and I'm trying to dodge tater tots being thrown at my head. And if I'm lucky, I can get a 17-minute workout in in the mornings and maybe I'll read three pages of a book. Whereas Jonathan, he is in another country where cost of living is very cost-effective you have, I don't know how much you want to get into this, but you have found like as a one or two personal trainers that come to you, you're able to work out in the morning. Yeah. I, I really like, this is one thing. And what's cool is you and I talked about this even before we started working together was like, what do we care about? Yeah. And at the end of the day, it wasn't like, I want to have a big house. I want to have a fancy car. It's like, I just want to like work on stuff that I'm excited to work about and create a lifestyle where every day brings me energy. And that's actually much more obtainable than people realize. And so you start yeah. your day and it's all about you, you're doing workouts, you know, you're with family, and then you start your day in the afternoons and in the evenings. And so I think especially when it's a bachelor like yourself, that's a pretty yeah. nice setup. Yeah, I have this advantage here, right? I am a bachelor, so we'll see how long that lasts, but you're totally right, yeah. <laughs> So another thing for me, like in 2019, I think I did 65 flights, like traveling for work, doing like speaking, webinar or talking engagements. And I thought I really liked it and I enjoyed getting out. But just this past like year, I've been on a plane once and I love it. I really enjoy being by family. I really enjoy like the community aspect. I do not miss being on airplanes. And it's something that I kind of want to keep as the kind of world opens back up, I'm not looking to jump on planes and fly everywhere. I, I think maybe sparingly, but yeah, it kind of goes back to the idea of lifestyle design. Yeah. I, I remember having these conversations, as you said, even before we started working. So it's it's interesting that over time, we've uh, straight we've stayed faithful to those uh, ideas that we initially had. I've, I've got another one, which is, you know, I think being a business owner is, is can be kind of a lonely island that you're on. It's like you and I can talk for 30 minutes on a podcast and this will be our therapy session, but you just go through stuff that's a little different. And I um, recently this year, I joined entrepreneurship organization. It's an entrepreneurship community to join, to be eligible. You have to have a certain threshold of, of revenue with your business. And so 
it, it is a nice little qualifier where that everybody that's in it has a business at a certain level and you get together on a monthly basis. And what I like is it's no BS. It's not like this virtue signaling or flexing. It's like, oh, look how well I'm doing. Look how great it is. It's more of about being vulnerable and be like, hey, you know, company's growing. Am I the right person? I, I feel imposter syndrome. Or someone's like, hey, I'm nervous. We've raised money. We're not getting traction like we want. I've got two months of burn in the bank. And, it, and it's real stuff that people are going through. And it's not about giving advice. It's this idea of experience sharing. And it's been really energizing to meet other people going through a similar thing where you're speaking the same language. And so I think everybody kind of seeks some sort of form of community and people to confide in. And so it's funny because if I look back on my career, relationships have been the biggest catalyst for some of the opportunities that I have, but I've never intentionally invested in it. And so this is my way of like, hey, maybe I should be a little bit more proactive investing in professional relationships. And so for me, that, that's been a big win to kind of create that community. Yeah, I think that's actually maybe even worth a po podcast episode. I, that, that sounds interesting to me as well. I'm sure the listeners will also find value in the things you learn and yeah, approaches that we can all take. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that one if it ever happens. I'll give a shout out to my four-year-old and two-year-old for knock on wood, uh, sleeping through the night for almost all of the year. The year before, they were not good sleepers. They now are. And life is better when you can get over seven hours of sleep per night. <laughs> Jonathan, th this was fun. We'll do another one where we look at the planning for 2022 and what we want to achieve. I'm thinking we could do that even after like the vision planning component of EOS. So it's even more formal, but, but yeah, yeah. thanks for coming on. Thank you, Jim. Oh, thanks for having me. Today's episode is brought to you by no one. Yep. We have zero sponsors. I haven't reached out to any companies, nor would I expect a reputable brand to give me money, but I'll give a few plugs. First, I send a weekly newsletter each Thursday featuring five articles or tools that have helped me. You can sign up for these weekly updates at jimwhuffman.com. Second, for anyone running a startup, if you need help growing your business, check out Growth Hit. Growth Hit serves as your external growth team. After working with over 100 startups and generating a quarter billion in sales for clients, Growth Hit has perfected a growth process that's hell-bent on driving ROI through rapid experiments. Plus, you'll get to work with yours truly. So if you want to work with a team that's worked with startups that have been funded by Andreessen Horowitz or featured on Shark Tank, then check out growthhit.com. And finally, I wrote a book called The Growth Marketer's Playbook that takes everything I've learned as a growth mentor for venture-backed startups, and I've distilled it down to 140 pages. So instead of hiring a growth team, save yourself some money, get the book, and you can just do it yourself. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'd love to hear feedback. I'm on Twitter at Jim W. Huffman.